morning, everyone. This is New Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church, a place where love abides. Our pastor is Pastor Dontell Paul Sr., and this is our Sunday school from the Union Press Gospel. We're in Lesson 7. I will be giving the lesson titled, A Promise Received by Faith. Our lesson text is Romans 4, verses 18 to 25, and Luke chapter 24, verse 1 through 9. I will begin by reading the scripture lesson text. If you have your Bibles or your apps, please turn to Romans 4, starting at verse 18. Abraham against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead when he he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith giving glory to God. Verse 21, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Verse 22, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. Verse 24, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raise up Jesus our Lord from the dead. In verse 25, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Luke chapter 24 verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. Luke verse 2. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Verse 4. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Verse 5, as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke unto you when he was yet in Galilee. Verse 7, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of the sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Verse 8, and they remembered his words. And verse 9, and returned from the tomb, and told all these things unto the eleven, and to all the rest. I have read the scripture lesson text, Romans 4, verses 18 to 25, and Luke chapter 24, verse 1 through 9. Our golden text today is 
Jesus was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Romans 4 verse 25. Let me begin by giving you an introduction. The resurrection of Christ from the grave on the third day after his crucifixion is the keystone of our faith. Without it, true Christianity could not exist. There are some who claim the resurrection is a myth, but the resurrection of Christ is clearly taught in the Bible and had many historical witnesses. Without the resurrection, we would face terrible earthly and eternal consequences. Besides literal resurrection, the Bible uses the resurrection motif figuratively. As we will see in Lesson 7, conversion is a resurrection to a new life. Then, there was a figurative receiving of Isaac back from the dead when Abraham was kept from slaying him. Through Christ's resurrections, we are spared from eternal death and brought to eternal life. Now, I'll begin with believing hope reading that part if you have your books with you believing hope in Romans 4 verses 18 through 19 as chapter 4 opens Paul turned his attentions to the great man of faith Abraham the apostle has already laid down two important principles we are all sinners and we can only be justified by faith apart from the works of the law Now, since Abraham is the father of the Hebrew people, he is greatly reverent and held forth as an example of genuine faith. If Abraham had been justified by works, he would have had reasons to glory or boast. But he was not justified by works, but by faith. Coming from a family of idolaters, Abraham chose to serve the true God. If this happened before God called him, we are unaware of how it came about. The Jewish legend says he was persecuted as a child because he refused to worship idols. Abraham's status as the father of many nations meant not only that several people, groups, could trace their lineage back to him, but also that certain promises of blessings made to him would come upon the Gentiles too. Instead of the Jews complaining that Abraham was not saved by law, he ought to rejoice that God's salvation is available to all men, and that Abraham has a spiritual family, as well as a physical family. That Abraham against hope believed in hope means that in spite of what might have appeared to be a hopeless situation, he continued to trust God. His seed would not be limited to his physical descendants. All those possessing faith like Abraham are his children. Now, when we look at the life of Abraham in Genesis, it's become clear that his faith had its ups and downs. But he never stopped believing and was at always moving in the right direction. This should encourage us as Christians. Lives today, there will be disappointments and doubts, 
but our souls are safely anchored in Christ. Now, as we know, both Abraham and Sarah were well beyond the age of having children, but Abraham's faith was, faith was not weak in his regard. In this regard, when God initially made the promise that Abraham would be a great nation, he had to wait 25 years just to see its fulfillment begin. Now, in spite of the deadness of Sarah's womb, he trusted God who quickened the dead. God promises. Now, for Abraham, there were good reasons to doubt the promise of God that he would have an heir. Apart from divine intervention, having a child at the age that Abraham and Sarah had reached was impossible. Now, I want to stop right there because have God have God ever did something for you that you thought was so impossible or that you thought that couldn't be obtained because you just felt like it was just too impossible to obtain? Just think about that. I know God has done a lot of things in our lives to make us, you know, look back over it and realize that if it had not been for God, it wouldn't have been possible. So with that in mind, Abraham never staggered, not at the promise of, of God through unbelief. A close examination of the life of Abraham and Sarah in Genesis, however, reveals that they tried to help God fulfill his plan by running ahead of him, a temptation that some of us also have succumbed to. Ultimately, faith prevailed, for Abraham was strong in faith. This last phrase could be translated that he was strengthened in his faith, indicating that over time his faith continued to grow even when he might have been tempted to stop believing God's promise. Both Abraham and Sarah likely concluded that although they did not know how God would keep his word, they knew he would. Hence, Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Now, let's look at the imputation. Now, because Abraham trusted God, righteousness was imputed to him. The word translated imputed is from the same root word rendered, counted, in verse 3. It is rendered, reckoned, in other places, verses 9 and 10. It could also be translated regarded or credited. The idea, of course, is that Abraham was declared righteous in God's sight because of his faith, not because of what he did. Now, justifications. Now, as Paul points out, what was said in scripture about Abraham was not just for his benefit. It was for ours as well. Just as Abraham was justified by faith, we too are justified by faith. This argument would have had particularly relevance for Jews who thought that either their ancestry or their supposed ability to obey the Mosaic law was the basics of their justifications. 
Now, note that Paul summarizes saving faith as trusting in Christ and his resurrection. There are people who believe that Jesus was a prophet, a great teacher, and a healer, but they do not believe he is the risen Son of God. This, however, is essential to our salvation. Now, if we confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in his resurrection, we are counted among the, among the saved. Christ was delivered for our offenses. The word offenses mean trespasses, as is so rendered elsewhere. Not only must we believe that Christ died for our sins, but we must also trust that, that he rose again on the third day. Paul declares was to bring about our justification. As critical as it is or as it was for Jesus to go to the cross and die for our sins, what if it had all ended there? What if Jesus' lifeless body had remained in the tomb? At best, we might have considered him a martyr. But if he had not risen, his promises would have proved false, how then could we trust anything he said? His resurrection was essential for our justification. As Paul writes elsewhere, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. And that's 1 Corinthians verse 15, I mean chapter 15 verse 17. Now, all four evangelists not only describe in great detail the events of Jesus' final week, but they all recounted his death and resurrection. Now, comparing the, the gospel side by side reveals that all gave independent accounts highlighting different details. Now, Luke 24 begins like the other resurrections accounts by telling us that it occurred upon the first day of the week, that is Sunday, later known as the Lord's Day. This is, in this is in contrast to the Sabbath, the seventh day, the Jewish day of rest. At the break of day, the women who had followed Jesus from Galilee came to anoint his body with spices, as was customary. Because of the Sabbath, they were unable to do, the prior, do this prior to his burial. By comparing the different lists of the women at the cross and those who came to the tomb, we can get a pretty good idea of who was there. That all the same women were not named in every resurrection account does not indicate a contradiction, only that some gospel writers chose to include different names out of all the women who were actually there. One of the questions the women asked as they journeyed to the tomb concerned the removal of the tomb covering its entrance. Prior to their arrival, however, an angel had rolled the stone away. This was not to let Christ out, but to let others see in. Much to the, their surprise, when the women entered the tomb, the body of Jesus was no longer there. Some skeptics have suggested that they went to the wrong tomb. Hmm. 
But if that were the case, everybody went to the wrong tomb, including the angels. Interestingly, in none of the accounts of Jesus' disciples learning of the resurrection, did any of them, with the possible exception of John, John 20 verse 8 immediately concludes that his had risen. This is surprising because Jesus had told them repeatedly that he was going to die and that he would, you know, rise from the dead. He was only speaking metaphorically. Obviously, the women were in you know, quandary, wondering what had happened to the body of Jesus. They knew he was dead as they had been faithful to the end and watched him die. They even followed Joseph of Arimathea as he took the body to his own unused tomb. As the women were trying to, you know, abstain what had occurred, two men stood by them in shining garments. Clearly, these were heavenly messengers, as the other gospel accounts indicated, as typically happened with most angelic visitations in scripture. The women who saw these divine beings were frightened. It was also typical for angels to reassure the humans they visited by telling them not to be afraid. Showing reverence for the angels, the women bowed down their faces to the earth. Then the angels asked a striking question. Why seek ye the living among the dead? Now addressing the confusion of the women, the angels continued to assure them later in the day. However, the apostle doubted the testimony of the women, concluding these accounts were idle tales. Or, you know, our nonsense. The message of the gospel is both simple and straightforward. He is not here, but is risen. This is not just the message of Easter. This is the message of the church every day, in every place, in every age. If, in fact, Jesus did not rise, it is pointless to study his life and read what his disciples wrote are gathered in his name. Since these women had been long-time followers of Jesus, they had heard much of his teaching. The bulk of his ministry occurred in Galilee, and they had certainly heard him foretell his um, rejection, death, and his resurrection. Luke records several times that Jesus had said so. Reminded by the angels of what Jesus had said, the women remembered what the Lord had taught them about his approaching death and resurrection. As all of us know, there are times when we selectively forget certain things. Whether that was what had occurred here is not clear. Scripture does does declare that when Jesus told them about his impeding death and resurrection, They understood none of these things. And this saying was hid from them. Neither knew they the things which were spoken. As with the two of the 
in Moss Road, there may have been some purposeful veiling of their minds. Leaving the tomb, the women immediately went to the eleven and informed them of what they had seen and heard. The mention of others indicates the presence of additional disciples in Jerusalem at this time. Indeed, prior to the day of Pentecost, there were some 120 disciples present there, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, along with Jesus' brother, James, and Jude, with the preaching of the gospel on Pentecost, the number rose by 3,000, and before long there were 5,000 men. Even a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Almost 20 centuries have rolled by since Christ rose and gave the command to be witnesses to the uttermost part of the earth. While it may appear that the gospel is having little impact in some areas of today's world, the truth is that God reigns and Christ is alive. Like the apostle after the resurrection, we cannot but testify to what we know to be true. As Jesus said, because I live, ye shall live also. Hallelujah. He is risen indeed. This is truly um, a very good message. I mean, I know in previous lessons, Paul spoke about the righteousness of God that comes by faith. He stated that righteousness appears separate from the law in the verses that follow. Paul went on to prove that righteousness by faith predates the law. As a case study, he spoke about Abraham's encounter with God. He talked about Abraham left his own hometown and ventured out into the unknown in obedience to God. He trusted that God would protect and guide him. God showed him his faithfulness by protecting Abraham. He granted Abraham victory in battle and provided for his every need. When God promised innumerable descendants, Abraham took him at his word. As a result, God declared him righteous. I mean, we should have that same faith as Abraham. If God said it, it's going to come to pass. Whatever God has declared in your life, just know that it's going to come to pass. We just got to continue to trust and believe him for his words. And sometimes I know that can be hard. You know, we tend to want to help God out, but God doesn't need our help. He just wants us to be obedient. And that's all he's requiring from us is to trust him and believe him for his words. I know for a shadow, without a shadow of a doubt, that God is truly has been a blessing in my life, a blessing in my family's life. When I think about all the goodness that he's done, I'm telling you, I just can't help but to continue to praise him and give him all the glory for that. Even if he doesn't bless me again, I'm thankful for what he has done in my life because God has truly, truly been good to me. And I just want to, you know, let you know that just keep the faith. Don't give up. Don't give in. 
just know that God got you no matter what goes on around you no matter how hard it seems sometimes and, and you know you might want to give up but don't just trust God and know that he got your back he will never leave you nor forsake you keep that faith keep that faith don't lose hope don't lose trust just keep the faith you know because God is truly a living God the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the foundation of biblical Christianity today we have many churches and denominations there are differing opinions on a number of topics issues such as music styles order of worship and the exercises of spiritual gifts vary among genuine believers these issues are negotiable and debatable and should not impair our unity in Christ but the sacrificial death and bodily resurrections of Jesus are non-negotiable and essential to Christians faith by faith we accept the resurrection as a real historic event Jesus lived, died for our sins, and rose bodily from the dead. These events started the church and confirmed God's promises to Abraham. People from every nation now have access to God's salvation through faith in Christ. Now this concludes this lesson, and I hope that it was a blessing to you. And I say to you, just keep the faith faith he is risen he is risen indeed God is not dead just keep the faith and I also want to share with you before I close a few of the practical points number one was the faith of one man can be a blessing to the entire world faith in God causes us to continue in righteousness even when the promise seems obscure keep the faith The blessings of Abraham are extended to us through Jesus. And number four, when we seek Jesus, things may not turn out as we expect, but we will always get what we need. And that is so true. No matter what it is, it may not be what you want, but know whatever it is, it is what you need. God's true servants reminds us of his promises. And number six, when we have good news, we should hasten to share it with others. So when God has truly done something in your life, don't hesitate to let the world know how good God is. Because some of us may be the example for somebody to see and to come to Christ. So I again, this concludes the lesson. I pray that it was truly a blessing to you. And we look forward to the next week um, lesson. We look at the initial benefits of being declared righteous by faith, uh, justification. So again, this concludes the lesson and thank you so much for listening. And I pray and hope that God will bless you where you are and may heaven smile upon you.